0: It is good to be back on this Monday. What is going on? Hey, Sims and Go podcast. Hey, Facebook Live. Let's go going. Yo. Uh, you didn't even know Drake's new album came out this weekend? You know I did not. I said I'm top five, but I'm really top two, and I'm not two, and I got one.
1: You don't know anything? But wait, yet. is this the same album as, like, the controller was on? No, was, that, was, that, that, was, that last was a different album. one. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. Sometimes that was the singles out. Okay, so this is a Actually, new one. Actually, technically,
0: he's calling it a mixtape. tape. Right. Yeah. So the last it's called one more life. was the
1: one, the city of Toronto. They had the yes. picture on the cover, so this is a new yeah, one. Yeah, that was a year ago. Oh, man, okay. Yeah, I'm
0: a dad, sorry. Well, time out. You're Mr. I ride in the car listening to cool music with my kids.
1: Yeah, but it's like you're hits with, one you're, pop music. They're yeah, you're not like, Daddy, to like turn on Drake. Let me hear his flow. Uh, your, your kids <laughs> don't say that? No, they don't. <laughs> I really see young Philip Sims talking about
0: Drake's flow. Uh, uh, Want to give a quick shout out to Brad. Brad, I hope you're enjoying yourself. Hey, Dave and you. George, go listen to Major Applewhite then. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, this is a comment that's great for our podcast. I'd be five major. So TJ Ford yeah. was here this weekend right. doing videos, and he actually had a lot of compliments to say about you. Oh, thanks. he said that you were a really cool dude. He talked about how you would sometimes park your Escalade random places on campus, right in front of class. But he said that when he said when Chris Sims walked into a party, it became a real party. And I said, I've said this to you a million times. You're a unicorn, and you don't realize it. When I walk down the street with you, there's not many six-five white guys with bleach blonde hair. Right. I can't imagine at uh, Texas, Texas what that was like. Yeah, it was uh, it was some special times. He yeah, told no a doubt. story that I think you'll appreciate. All right. He said one time we were gonna do seven on seven. Yes. And he went out there with Roy Williams and all that stuff. He, he did, he came And he out. said, he said, I came out and I ran a slant. And he said, and and Sims, he cocked it back and he threw it and it was coming so fast. And I just put my hands back. I said, did. I'm not touching that. He and did. he said, I looked around and I said, Sub. So? <laughs> and he said, I looked at Roy and I said, Roy. Does he always throw it like that? He goes, Yup. Uh, and I went, Damn. You yeah. know, how you guys not break fingers? <laughs> yeah, I do. I
1: break fingers. I said,
0: Sims has a thing where he tries to break people's fingers.
1: Right. PJ Ford, man. Uh, uh, so unfortunate because. Oh, man. He was uh, a baller. Man, he was a baller, man. He was, really was. At that size, to be a what, top five pick at his yes, size. Player of the pretty year. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh,
0: you, you were bigger than him, though, on campus, I imagine. Football is bigger than basketball. Well, yeah, in Texas. football
1: is bigger. I was a few years older than him, too. But uh, we had a lot of good time together. TJ's good people. Uh, We have a lot of news, and then
0: we have in my opinion, three really juicy Sims nuggets. We're going to get to that in a little bit. As everyone in the draft space, whether it's Twitter or online, talks to each other, you're going to share each other's opinion. If you listen to podcasts, I think it was 103, we talked about biases and confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. I think we actually have a very unique experience that I don't think I realized until this morning. You're not listening to anyone. You're not paying attention to anyone. It's one of the good benefits of you being a media hermit yeah. is that all of your draft concepts and ideas will be legitimately yours, no doubt. And I think you have three really unique ones that are coming up in a little bit. Okay, but let's talk about the news. Yeah. And the first one is Tom Brady's jersey has ah, been found.
1: Ah, yippee!
0: This is crazy. crazy. It was a story where at first you saw the video Tom Brady talking to Bob Kraft. Bob, I can't find my jersey. Bob goes, "It's probably on eBay." Well. Not only did they possibly find the guy with the jersey, they may have found Tom Brady's jersey from the last Super Bowl. Right. All the reports coming in, the NFL saying, Jake Glazer of Fox reporting, that it was a credential media member in Mexico. Now a story is coming out, this is Monday afternoon we're recording this, uh, that uh, Von Miller's helmet may have also been stolen by this guy. Man. Which makes me think...
1: This dude had a different Super Bowl than we did. Did he steal my father's helmet and jersey, too? Because he lost all his stuff after he won the Super Bowl MVP as well. Stop it. Stolen out of the bag. Everything. Helmet, shoulder pads, pants. Super Bowl MVP game of his life jersey ne- we've never. You're seen You're talking it.
0: about the Phil Simms like 20, 21, 22, of 25, of 25. Yep, maybe the greatest performance of all
1: time. He had all of us, all his stuff stolen. Stop. I know, but does he still think about it? He does. We talk about it all the time. I mean, that we've talked about it a lot recently because of Brady and this issue, and I've even said, like, could well, you
0: imagine if this guy has Phil That's the first
1: thing I thought of. I was like, how old is this guy? How long's he been around for?
0: Can you imagine the the pad he has just packed with this real stuff, man? Because Because look, like we have a comment right now, Matthew Harris. Well, of course they want the money. What if this guy doesn't want the money? What if this guy just has the ultimate autograph? like memorabilia collection, right? In Mexico,
1: Super Bowl one there with Brady and that. I mean, Super Bowl L. L, What was that? X L I X. What the hell was that? We're not there yet. Uh, They're not there yet. XL
0: just happened. Right. That was the uh, well. well, L was uh, forty nine. XL
1: I X did happen. Excuse me. Thank you. L was the Denver Panthers one that we went to. Right. So if he he had Brady's at. I mean, obviously he collects them because you would think of it had already been sold and out there on Zachary the black market. Zachary Shane Adams,
0: best man cave ever. I really think that everyone was like, are you excited for the game? And all week he's like, I have one shining moment. <laughs> and it is the 30 minutes after Tom Brady takes off his stuff and then goes on the podium to go in there and ransack my fortune. I don't know how there wasn't a camera in the locker room. Yes. This we all now have changed like protocol. Everything will be fixed. I, this guy's got kahunas. I'm to telling be you, sitting
1: there next to Tom Brady's locker, just fishing there, waiting for someone to turn around. Yeah, do around? you think he asked Ooh. a
0: question? Do you think he was like Tom? What do you think? And like that was his question. I think
1: he must have got something when all everybody's focus went to like maybe Tom walking in the room. They turned around mm. like, oh here he comes, and then that's when he makes this, the grab for it real quick. But. Uh, I mean, that's got to be what? You know who it is. $20,000 worth of jersey right there. It's Kaiser Soze.
0: It's Kaiser? He's. his usual suspects. The whole time, we're like, who could have snuck in and stole Do we know this it? guy yet? Do we know no, the name? No, it has not nothing. come out yet. The okay. FBI is investigating. Man, that's amazing. But I, this guy's been there the whole time. They're like, who could have stolen? it? And I hope it's like Tom Brady's favorite international reporter that he thinks is great. We got a few comments. Caden Walsh, one of those guys has been stealing everything. He's holding for more money. Your dads will turn up in a few years. <laughs> That would be incredible.
1: That would be amazing. Would
0: your dad be like unbelievably excited to get it back? I think he would, yes. Does there, he have his own memorabilia like on the walls? A little
1: bit. He has a few things. I mean, my dad could care less, but my mom would kind of, like, if yeah. it was a special thing, she would like, kind of make a big deal about it. Yeah, he's got his jersey, his retired jersey. He's got, like, a replica Super Bowl trophy, things like I that I actually the hope that
0: he's been wearing your dad's jersey around his house. Around
1: Mexico City. <laughs> he's like, this This was
0: my first one and I feel really great. Uh, last one, Brian Allen Jackson. Wouldn't have mind him stealing the Seahawks playbook before they called that pass on the one-yard
1: line. Man. Maybe that yeah. can get the FBI to investigate who took the air out of uh, Tom Brady's footballs.
0: I think we figured that one out. Uh, speaking of the Seahawks, the other big news that's been happening the last few days, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, the story came out. Our own good friend, Jordan Schultz. I want to give a shout out to Jordan Schultz. He just had A baby boy. Uh, Congrats, Jordan. His his wife's water broke Saturday night. I heard. When he was supposed to be doing videos. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, I wouldn't have left. I would have stayed here and done videos, but he's all right. It's all right. He's just he just f-
0: apparently was profusely apologizing. He's just said, not cut from the same cloth. I am. I would. Yeah, I think you you're got cut from, from a for- very
1: neglectful cloth. What
0: do you mean you're
1: not gonna <laughs> I, go? I, 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 you're work, gonna make a I mean, 90, 90
0: second team stream now. I video? wasn't
1: gonna miss my first. Chi- I was gonna miss my first child's birth just for OTAs. I wasn't gonna be there. Listen, you push out the baby, honey. Stop. I'll be there a little later. Stop. Say hello. Stop it. <laughs> just letting you know. You're telling me that
0: the <laughs> moment that people have looked at me and gone, Adam, it. changed changes your life what? it's the miracle of life what? your wife is literally it's giving a great up so miracle
1: much. of life but the vision of the head going okay, through okay. that area is not that special let me just tell you yeah exactly see she's making a weird face too they, they asked me to cut the cord and i was like no thanks doc you got it all right
0: so apparently marshawn lynch hasn't cut the cord with playing in the nfl uh, and jordan jordan broke that he wants to play with the raiders yeah he is still Oh, I guess his rights are still controlled by the Seahawks. Right. Um, and So they still need to get through that process. Ian Rappaport uh, tweeted today that he really, his two tidbits on Marshawn Lynch. One, source on unretiring says it's quote realer than it's ever been, okay. which is definitely from Marshawn Lynch's camp because that's a phrase that he would use. Yeah, it's right, really? realer than it's ever been. And right. two, it's Raiders or bust. This is a guy that for the last mm. year set up his own shop in Oakland. He has done countless amount of videos, whether it's For Vice or all these places, talking about his neighborhood, where he grew up. He's a man of the people there. I'm not gonna cough. (laughs) Um my first my I'll ask you the question, because you're the expert. Am I crazy to think that Marshawn Lynch didn't really have that much two years ago? And I just think that we love who he is as a person and we want him to be good, and him playing for the Raiders is great. But I, am I crazy to think Yo, that yeah. I didn't think Marshawn – I thought two years ago he didn't look that great. Well, I mean, he was good. He
1: was not great. It, I mean, listen, it, it, we all fall into this trap. It's just like the, all the talk with Adrian Peterson right now. People still have this vision of 2008 Adrian Peterson in their head and just want to go, no, it's not the same guy. That's why nobody's signing Adrian Peterson. Yeah, the Marshawn number one excuse Lynch, people say is, oh, Marshawn was hurt. Yeah, well, listen, he was banged up, I'm sure, to a degree. I mean, the physical style of play in which he played, uh, yeah, I, I am. But, yes, it was certainly going this way, no doubt. Out about it. I mean, that last year uh, when they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, he was still really good, don't get me wrong. The next year after that, yeah, lost a step, certainly. But my big thing would be this. First of all, Oakland would be a phenomenal fit as far as...
0: They already have Jalen Richard. Yes. They already have DeAndre Washington. They, need they the, have the scat backs. Yes. He is your third and one, right. Marshawn. On. Or goal first and goal on the one Marshall. Yeah, whatever he is. Yeah. And
1: they got now Clive Walford and Jared Cook. You have So a you two have tight a double end, tight end set? Right, so you need a power runner at some so the, point. So the two
0: arguments here, right. it's you could always go both ways. One, he has been playing for a year, so his body's not going to be That ready. would be my biggest or concern. he has been playing for a year and he hasn't had contact for a year and he's going to be fresh. Which side do you go with that? I fall on the first side.
1: Of, That's where that I fall. he has not played in a year. He played a physical brand of style as it is. He's another year older. And I'm not signing Marshawn Lynch. I'm just telling you, if you made me put a G on on. So you're on, Reggie McKenzie. I'm not signing him until Marshawn, you're going to come in and step on the scale. I want to see what you wear. Yeah. I want to see what your body looks like with your shirt off. Timeout. You're telling me that people sign people without doing those things? Yes, they do sometimes. Yes, they just go. Oh, oh there's yeah, the Brock Osweiler. There's a lot of people that do that crap. It's stupid, especially with players like Marshawn Lynch, because they just go, "Oh, I know what kind of player he is. I don't need to see yeah. him." Uh, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him in. I want to see what kind of shape he is, and even as a workout standpoint, I got to make sure he's healthy. Uh, we, just, you know, he is the ultimate beast mode between the tackles. Yeah, we love blows, him. We're just trying to be blows. realistic, right? But I do think. All that has to be taken into account, and even if they do get the, the, the if Seahawks releases rights. Um you're not signing Marshawn Lynch to, to, to big money. I'm not even going to give him as much money as Latavius Murray made. You need to like make that. sure that when he comes in, he doesn't look like
0: Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, right. That's what you just said. I mean, So he, here, here's the other thing, though, the reason I think it could be interesting. Brian Allen Jackson and Raymond Acuna uh, nail it perfectly. He never had an O-line like the Raiders do. He's going to kill it. Brian Allen Jackson, to be fair, he would have been a lot better with a half-competent offensive line. That's Seahawks' offensive line towards the end. Yeah. Like, if I'm Marshawn Lynch... I could understand being dispirited by what I had. Right. It was not a good offensive line. It was not a good offensive coordinator. Yeah. So you weren't good in calling your play calls and you had no good lanes. That's one thing. But I agree. You need to see what he's got left. You need to put him through some drills. You need to treat him like a free agent, not an honorary member of Oakland, which if they do sign him, yeah. this is an imp- incredible, incredible matchup of a hometown hero. Right. I-, I think for us, I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. I have respect for what he's done. I think he deserves to come in there and get like this offer. Right. We'll have to see what Seattle does. Um. Do you- if you're Seattle, do you just kind of let him go? Do you yeah. have respect for him like that? Yeah, I, I would. I would probably just let him go. For do the you things try he's and bring him in and have a conversation and go, "Why not come back here?"
1: Uh, you know what? Honestly, I don't even think they want to deal with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to even dive into the Richard Sermon. We're going to get that, that. that a second. But yeah, listen, uh, I- I'd have to see all those things at a March. Maybe they Lynch. try
0: and trade him. Bobby Aparicio saying maybe they try and get him for a draft. Maybe pick. they
1: do. You could maybe get him for a sixth round yeah. pick, something like that. Yeah, that but would then not the Raiders again, giving up something for a guy that you don't get to see, you don't know exactly right. I mean, that's again, that's why you got to put him through those workouts, and you know, to that talk, too. Listen, I know his last year there in Seattle, the offensive line was great, but all the years before that, that was the best offensive line in football. I mean, yes. there was Ungar, J.R. Sweezy, Russell Okong, Giacomini, Carpenter. I mean, yeah, so... But the, yeah, but
0: then towards but, the but end. Towards the end, yeah. the,
1: last, the last year. I mean, the year they went to the Super Bowl, didn't even lost to the Patriots. That was his second to last year. It was a good old line. Yeah, But, yeah, there's a lot of question marks here. Yeah, they and lost again, Giacomini,
0: Carpenter, Ungar, right. like in back-to-back-to-back yes. back back seasons. Sweezy.
1: Uh, but, yes, at the end of the day, again, I'm not putting a whole lot of value into this. Running backs are growing on trees. I can't tell you how much I really believe that. This college class is deep. Uh, and like we've said yeah. 500 times, the second leading rusher in football didn't even play the start of the year, and he was a six-round pick from Indiana as a rookie. So I just don't know why you would invest a lot a into sixth. it. I he was a sixth. Uh, I think he was maybe a fifth. We're going to get Jordan LaTor- Howard. Jordan Howard. Um, all right, right so
0: Caden Walsh then asked an interesting thing here. Sherman and Lynch to Oakland? Imagine Irvin and Sherman back together and Lynch on the offensive side. Would they be the favorites mm. in the AFC? Uh, so our good friend Mike Lombardi came out this past. What do you got for me, Kevin, sir?
1: He wants fifth to round, fifth, fifth round. Fifth round, okay. Uh, uh,
0: Mike Lombardi came out this weekend and said that the Seahawks are listening to offers for Richard Sherman. Yeah. Uh, hey, Inside News Report. You've heard about this for a long time. Yeah, I can't Uh, report these things, but... You're not a newsbreaker. But I've known this for a few weeks. Chris Sims has a lot of information, and that's why I love him, because he doesn't... You're not in it for the fame. No. You're in it for the football. I like football. Uh, You're a real football (laughs) fan. Um, So, Why? Well, okay. because Richard Sherman's top five, he's not gonna, he's still gonna be top five, I think, for the next two, three years. Yeah, he's
1: borderline top five. I don't know if he's top five at this he's point anymore. He's phen- a phenomenal but player, but he's still really good. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Now he is at the point of his career where it's gonna start to go like this a little bit. There's no doubt. I mean, Richard Sherman, what is this for Richard Sherman? Year six coming up, maybe, uh, roughly, if somebody back there can I'm tell okay. me. Um, He's not the same player he was, you know, during their Super Bowl run. He's still phenomenal. He's still got great length. He's still got great ball skills. He's still got good long speed. You know, he's not great change of direction, but a lot of long long DBs are not that way. But I think at the end of the day, it's the price tag of which they're paying, and Richard Sherman, this year especially, was a handful and a pain in the ass. That's and all. You're there is talking to about it. yelling on the side. I'm left. talking about yelling at the defensive coordinator when it was his fault Atlanta goes right. for a touchdown. We all saw the clip of Cam
0: Chancellor, right. and Michael Bennett, jumping around him trying to get on the Exactly calm down. right.
1: Or, or him telling the refer- or him telling a media reporter he'll ruin his career. Or or him telling the offensive coordinator and the head coach what play should be called mm. on the goal line. Nobody wants to hear that in the NFL. It's just so he's the way going it is. into his
0: seventh year. Seventh year, um, yeah. I will be the one that says it's very interesting to me, right. That everything that I've read, think pieces yeah. about the Seahawks, yeah. that talk about why they're successful. The number one thing that's mentioned is that John Schneider and Pete Carroll. They were the number one advocates of that book that I pitched on the podcast a long time ago. Yeah. Ego is the enemy. Right. And they're not afraid to call each other out for what they're doing wrong. Yeah. I find it very ironic that someone like Richard Sherman, who's a very well-thought-out person, super intelligent and elite, right. and in my opinion, you're only allowed to open your mouth if you're intelligent and really good at what you do. Sure, The offensive coordinator does suck. The like saying when it was not your fault, whatever you've said many times that Richard Sherman was asked to do things that were not feasible. No doubt about it. You've also said Mm -hmm. that the Cover Three press bell scheme is not successful anymore. Yes, and he's probably noticing that as well. Right, but. You also understand the dynamics of a locker room, and you can't call out the captain.
1: Yeah, you can't call out the head coach. You can't call out the OC. Again, it's where we make the military reference in the NFL all the time, right? There is a pecking order. Listen, the players are soldiers. They got to listen to their generals, the sergeants, who the coaches, the front office people, and they don't want you to talk at a line at times. Listen, they're obviously in Seattle willing to deal with personalities and stuff and and things of that nature. But he has kind of gone above and beyond a little bit to where I think they do feel like man, for the amount we're paying you you can't be yelling at us when we're giving you all this money mm. and uh, show your disgruntled nature publicly. That's yes. the big thing because it sets a bad example for the younger guys. Uh, so that's where it becomes interesting. And listen, the other thing, too, is with DBs, you got to really understand it's like running backs. When it falls off, it falls off fast. You can go from being borderline top five. This is the perfect exactly. example. Exactly. He was borderline top ten two yeah, years how, ago. Now he's not even 64.
0: What's, I mean, the, what's the spectrum?
1: How many years do we have? I think we have... I I think we have two, three more years left of Good top level yes. Sherman. Yeah, but it's it's borderline right now whether you want to say Richard Sherman's top ten in football. Right? So he really wasn't is. what he was.
0: Well, no one's what they were three years no, ago. No,
1: I know, and it's not a, nothing against him, but I mean, you just go through some of the teams and you go, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, you go through the the AFC and NFC, go through the AFC West right away. You go, he's not as good as Marcus Peters. He's probably not as good as the two corners on the Denver Broncos right now. Yeah, I mean, you start to name teams, you go, oh yeah, maybe he is a little farther down the line than I thought. But regardless, he does have value out there. I would be interested. To see what happens, and this is what I want to ask. Yeah. We have a lot of people saying, "Right, how about the Raiders?" Right. We have Paul Williams Jr.
0: saying, "We need him in Pittsburgh." Yeah. Uh, the teams that came to my my mind: Miami those, Dolphins, San Diego Chargers. Sure. Now using Gus Bradley, Gus Bradley yes. down
1: there. Certainly. Uh,
0: you said Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think that would make a little sense. Uh, Atlanta mm-hmm. would make sense as well. Um, where do you do you think he gets moved?
1: I think at the end of the day, no, because I think he is still. First of all, they're a team that. Earl Thomas, we don't know wh- where they're at he's with him. Recovering right? He's from recovering his from an injury, he talked about retirement. They Deshaun Sheed, their other corner, they're letting him walk. No, Who, I think they resigned him. Did they resign yes. him officially? Sorry yes. about that. I missed that. Um, I knew they let him test the free agent market, but Philly needs a cornerback. Who's who's their legit cover guy? That's Deshaun what I'll King- really me. Colts. No, that's my thing yeah. is if
0: he's gone. The Seahawks window is closed. They're, it would be really. They've tough. lost all of their pass rushers. They've the lost drafts. all of their secondary. Yes. Their offensive line. All they signed was Luke Jokel. They're not ready. The, the Seahawks window is closed if he's gone.
1: Yeah, they know. Listen, I think it's it's borderline closed right now as it is to win a Super Bowl. They're still a playoff contender for sure, but they're not that elite team anymore. And yeah, I don't think they'll trade him unless they get something that really fancies them. I mean, they're not oh, going to just go. I said San
0: Diego Chargers. They're,
1: sorry, they're just not going to give like a third or a fourth round pick. Oh, see you later for Richard Sherman. It's going to have to be that second round. Is there any late team round Is there type. any
0: team that you think could be a player away? Mm. Like the Dolphins are a team that showed a lot of growth. They had some really good signings. If they got Richard Sherman, could that take them to the next level? I don't
1: know if it's going to take them to the next level, but it will certainly improve them could at the overall. Could the Patriots
0: trade the first round pick they're going to get for Malcolm Butler? And get Richard
1: Sherman? <laughs> no, he can't. Because you know what? The Patriots just too much play pure man-to-man and ask too much of that. And Richard Sherman's just not the type of corner you can say, play man-to-man on an island for 40 snaps a game. That's just not what his forte is. Yes. Uh, ben he,
0: Magnet, Forster, and yeah. a few others says, what about
1: the Packers? The Packers, I mean, listen, it would certainly work. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Richard Sherman's a good football player. Anybody that needs corner help, he's going to fit in that mold. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, they got a ton of money. Mm-hmm. They're running that scheme now. He can jump in. In there and help them out right away. There's a number of teams I think if we break it down, it's all going about what do we got to give up for him? Do we want to take on that price tag of paying him? Yeah. And listen, he's. I would think he's not really well-liked. I would think most people in the NFL, coaches in front of office go, he's a pain in the ass. I'm not sure if I want him in my locker room. One guy
0: that uh, was called a pain in the ass last summer when he blew some of his fingers off uh, just got paid Paid. and he is going to be counting a lot of money. Uh, JPP, this was a signing that happened that I was very surprised by. Mm -hmm. I thought they were very content with giving on the franchise tag and seeing with a full year, how would he develop? But instead four-year deal, 62 million, the big note here, 40 million guaranteed. So it's kind of a four-year deal that's getting I mean, he's $40 seen million. Of, he's You see seen a lot of, of this
1: money. Yes. Yeah.
0: Now, it saves him about $9 million this year, which makes you think maybe this is also to get Hankins under contract right. as well. And we've seen with Don Terry Poe getting $8 million from the Falcons, Benny Logan getting $8 million from the Chiefs, that $9 million, you could get Hankins back on a one-year deal. Yeah. And with getting Brandon Marshall and with the NFC East and the Cowboys especially getting really, really weak, the Giants could make a run. Yeah. And maybe that's what they're planning right now. Yeah. I'm just looking at JPP and going, this is the one guy that I was very comfortable with the franchise tag because I wanted to see another year. Right.
1: I, I Listen, I, I was shocked to hear the, the numbers and the parameters of the overall contract altogether. JPP is a really good football player. There's no doubt about this. I think this is the perfect case of... Teams love to uh, invest in guys they drafted and they've put a lot of stock into already. He's their guy. He's our baby. We found him. He's been successful here. But again, to think JPP is the same guy that we saw four or five years ago when they won a Super Bowl in 2011 when he was the most unblockable guy in football, yeah. he's just not that guy. Lefko, you know my stance. He's not one of the ten best pass rushers in football, and he's being paid like he's one of the five best pass rushers in football. It's pretty crazy. But I yes, I mean, you go through the names and the guys come off the edge, he's not in that class now. Is he a special specimen? Does he still have a great presence on the field? Are there a lot of defensive ends in football like JPP? No, certainly not. But man, that's a lot of money tied up on the defensive front right now. Olivier I Vernon. would think it's hard to get snacks back at this point. At some point, snacks too, or Hankins. I mean, Hankins, yeah. excuse me, snacks is there, and they got money in snacks, Olivier, JPP. It's unreal. They got us. I mean, you know. They're all coming to the point here where they're going to have to start thinking of Odell Beckham Jr. and paying him, too. That's
0: why I feel like so this is. I feel like the it's a Giants. Little, it's a little weird. I feel like the Giants went. We won our Super Bowls because of our great defensive line. Mm -hmm. We feel like we've got the guys here. We only have two, three years left of Eli. If we're going to be really realistic, they believe in him. We have our doubts. They still believe in him. We're going to see what they do with the running back position. They've addressed their wide receivers. They still need to get some offensive line. But I think they're looking at the Cowboys and how they lost all those guys in the secondary. The Green Bay Packers just lost their entire offensive line. The Arizona Cardinals are in free fall. The Atlanta Falcons lost their offensive coordinator. If there's any year to really go for it in a one-year burst, it's this. I get and you. if the Giants are going for a Super Bowl, hell, go for it, man. Uh, Do it. That's uh, got, like it, it, that's a thing. But to give him that guaranteed money for four years,
1: I I just didn't think that was necessary. I, I, I'm with you. I would like to have seen unless this brings back Hankins, and then I understand. I it. don't think it's going to bring back Hankins. I don't. I don't think that can be possible. I can't see how that can be possible to pay four guys that amount of money. Uh, on your front Unless they line. give
0: him like a one-year $9 million deal, which is what we've certainly. seen at this position. But the Hart. Giants,
1: I think you're exactly right, Lefko. I mean, they are going for it. The Giants on paper... Are uh, they your Super Bowl pick right now? Well, they're the best team in the NFC East, and they're certainly one of the best teams in the NFC. I mean, you really break them down right now. You go, man, what do the Giants need? maybe just one or two offensive linemen, and they're not in the worst. They just signed D.J. Fluker. They added another guy. I'm sure they'll add somebody else that they can help out either through free agency or even in the middle rounds of the draft, or if somebody falls in their lap in the first or second round, they might. Uh, But either way, yes, they are setting up to be legit. I mean – I would say right now, if you made me pick the NFCs, so I'm picking them to beat the Cowboys and be the number one team in the NFCs. And I'm not so sure, you know, you go through it. I go, okay, the NFC South, I think that'll be a different ballgame this year. The NFC North, we know it's Green Bay, but they match up well with them. In uh, well, the words you... of
0: Zachary Shane Adams, right. my team in the NFC North is the Lions. I thought they've had the best offseason. They have. I thought their offensive line's been great. Mm-hmm. they got weapons on offense. They need a running back. We'll see what they do. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Page saying the JPP deal is a statement to say we take care of our own. Defense helps the offense win Super Bowls. Uh, I don't think you need to make that statement. But And then Leon Boschley uh, with the most important point. Now they just need capable Eli. He was bad last year. He was bad. He was bad. He was good in Green Bay. He was good in Green Bay. It's There's interesting no that Eli plays really well in the playoffs. Yes, he does. And he was crap the rest of the year. But interesting for what they do at JPP. Uh, speaking of Eli and quarterbacks, the other quarterback that has uh, a lot of Twitter up in arms. Right. Just one
1: last thing I want to say. Okay, I mean, okay, it's amazing. Okay. Olivia. That's why I was trying to look up here. That's why I wasn't really listening to you. Olivier Vernon <laughs> and JPP are two out of the four highest-paid defense ends in football, and they're on the same team. That's, it's, that's, that's unbelievable to me. And uh, I don't know if either of them are top five. That's really right. No, neither one of them is top five. Certainly not. I know they're not.
0: They're not top five, but they might be top two, but not two, and I'm on one.
1: Thank you, Drake. You're welcome. I'm going to trout that all the
0: time. Um, the other quarterback that's getting a lot of news is, how is Colin Kaepernick not on a team? Why are guys like Josh McCown getting and it's not Colin Kaepernick? ever since this happened, you have said, this is it. Yeah. He's done. He's done. And I think, th- I, I heard, uh, I was watching ESPN show this morning and they were talking with Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. And they said, how are there guys that are abusing women that are getting opportunities and Colin Kaepernick's not? Mm-hmm. And I think what we, what people need to realize is what the word distraction means. Distraction is not moral code. Right. If you were to compare what Colin Kaepernick has done and what he has stood for and the donations he's making and the statements he's made compared to a Ray Rice or a Joe Mixon who's coming up in the draft, it's not comparable. One has been an awful person and one has stood up for what they believe, whether or not you believe that or not. The difference is what people need to realize is what people talk about. Colin Kaepernick is on TV all the time, and we debate it, and we argue it, and radio shows. It dominated an entire news cycle for right. a month. People don't want to talk about the domestic violence. And I'm not saying that makes it right. Mm-hmm. In fact, it makes it worse that we can condemn people for the awful actions they do, but we, we don't actually talk about it. If you want people to change, you have to talk about it. Right. But the, the people that watch don't want to hear, uh, because everybody knows that hitting a woman, domestic violence, is the one of the worst things you can do. Certainly. It's cut and dry. Certainly. You go to court guilty, we move on, and right. that's the way we treat it. Right. But Kaepernick, there's so much gray area. And in that gray area is where distraction comes from. Yeah. Because now it's a debate. And now it's something they're gonna talk about. And you just talked about this with Richard Sherman. Yeah. Front office people, coaches, are running a business. Right. They don't want to deal with distractions. Right. The reason that it seems like they're willing to deal more with the domestic violence is no one talks about it. Now, if they want to make a stand, there's a lot of companies out there. Uber's a perfect example. (laughs) Uber with the immigration law, they went out there and they got caught up in the middle and they didn't do the right thing and a lot of people went, wow, I don't want to deal with them. Some companies took a stand like Lyft and they donated a lot of money towards certain funds and and all that stuff that would help those people. They decided to make a moral stand. Mm Some of the teams will cross off Joe Mixon from their boards. Yes. The rest of them will be like Uber and go, I'm trying to make money. Yeah. And if you want to bemoan them and not be okay with them, then that's your right as a fan. Mm-hmm. But realize that they're trying to make money as a business. Yeah. And the word distraction does not mean moral, like, d- disease. No. It's something completely different. Right.
1: Uh, I, I think that's Yeah, well, it was, it was good. I, you hit on a lot of points. And I, I, there's... There's a lot of things to talk about with this. First of all, hey, just like Ray Rice, we have visual evidence of Copernic disrespecting the country, right? Yeah, but that's listen, how you feel. I'm all, well, I'm all for his fight. You know that. That would yes. not have been the way I would have approached it to take on that fight because we know, yes, racism is freaking real. Uh, and that is for sure. We I've I agree with his message. I agree with the message. The execution of the message. Not my favorite way to do execute the message. Yes, distracting, especially in... I've said this from the start. Leftco will back me up. From day one, this is conservative, white, Republican NFL. I mean, this is what they are. This is why we're talking about hiring more black coaches and hiring more black front office people because it has truly uh, become a bubble of white world, per se, a little bit in the NFL. And yes, uh, like we've talked about it, black or white, they're still very much of a military influence throughout the NFL. I mean, you just go through it. I mean, we've talked about it. Belichick, he grew up on, you know, the Navy base down in Maryland. Uh, Tom Coughlin's an Army general. I mean, he went to Army. He's got ties there. There's just so much of that crossover. Mm -hmm. And not only, like you said, with all the distractions left go, but – uh too many people uh, just find it disrespectful to our country in general. And like I've said from the start, I just can't get over the backlash I heard right from the start from my coaching friends and front office coaching uh, front office people as well. I mean, right. Oh, what a jerk. Four-letter words coming out of their mouth about Colin Kaepernick. He's a jerk. He'll never be on my team. I can't believe he's doing that. And that's the way it's going to be. No one's going to want to sign. I saw Spike Lee. He he had a quote on ESPN.com that said, fishy, no one's looked at Kaepernick. No, no one's going to look at Kaepernick because no one wants to bring him into their team and have to deal with that... That, you know, certain class of people that's just going to be like, oh, he's anti-America. They don't want that associated with your brand. It, it,
0: it's, I heard Colin Cowherd talking about how when the election came up, while he knew that talking about Trump would help ratings, he decided that a lot of his audience was from a middle America. Yeah. And he realized that if he were to give his opinions on Trump, he'd split his fan base. Right. It's kind of what you're doing with Kaepernick it's not it, look he wanted this fight and i i applaud him for having the confidence to do it yeah but from a business perspective of of a team you might split your fan base. You're even more than you splitting might look, it. Because
1: yeah. you're you know, there's gonna be some like Democrats or left leaners that are gonna go, man, you know, I'm all for his fight too, but that's not the right way. They're even gonna be maybe mad too.
0: Uh Buba says if football was a military, then Kaepernick committed treason, hence nobody wants anything to do with him. It's
1: a great way to put uh, it.
0: the other thing that I think is the main question I have before we move on is Peter Riza. Overall, if he played better, he would get picked up. I need a non-biased, having nothing to do with off the field. Field, analysis of his play. Yeah. The end of the year, I thought he actually played good. Right. Played well, yes. excuse me. Yes do you think that he is someone that has the talent that a team, because a lot of people are saying, why would you do this for a backup quarterback? Mm -hmm. Where do you see his level of talent? Well, I think
1: right now where he is realistically, first of all, I I do think he still has tremendous talent. He certainly deserves to be on a team and a roster. He, at the very worst, is just a really high end backup quarterback right now. I still think, you know, you put him in the right offense and get his career going the right way. I still think he has talent to be somewhat special as a starter, like the guy we saw originally. Mm. Still got a big arm, still has a great ability to, for, to improvise and make plays that way. Still one of the fastest quarterbacks in football. But uh, yeah, right now there's no teams that are going to jump on the Colin Kaepernick bandwagon. They're really not. And I'll be shocked if they do ever in general. His play justifies that. I understand nobody's going to sign him to be a really a starter at this point uh, unless something totally crazy happened. yeah But There are certainly teams that could use some high-level backups, and Kaepernick would certainly fit that mold. We have talked about this before.
0: The NFL does not like high-level backups. They want their starting quarterbacks to be the best player on the field. You see it with you. You saw it with your brother. Uh, And I'll also say this. He went from having John Harbaugh. Then his offensive coordinator Harbaugh. was a... Jim Harbaugh, excuse yep. me. Then he went to his offensive coordinator being a former radio host. Hmm. And then he went to Chip Kelly. Yeah. He has not been in good systems. No. He has been very boring, basic, non-inventive places. No doubt. So you have a combination of not good coaching with not good talent around him. His yep. best wide receiver was Jeremy Curley. Right. And his offensive line was in shambles. Yeah. If you are a team and you have balls and you have an inventive play caller... Colin Kaepernick could be a solution. We'll see if the business play works out.
1: If you go just from a strictly football standpoint, like, okay, why wouldn't the Buffalo Bills want Colin Kaepernick as their backup quarterback? Tyrod gets hurt, we can run the same offense. Mm. If you're the Carolina Panthers, why wouldn't you want him? It's the same offense. If you're the Seattle Seahawks, you're really going to go all in with that TCU quarterback, Boykin? Are you kidding me? Did you see the last game of the year? They thought they had the game in hand and handle, and they had to throw Russell Wilson back in because they were scared they were going to blow the lead mm. and not get a home playoff game. So to me, there's a Those number. Those are of three teams. really good fits, right. and of all of them,
0: I think the one that makes the most sense is Carolina because it's it's a true superstar in front of you, and Russell Wilson's a superstar too. Yeah. But Cam Newton already gets all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Cam can go out there and go. He's the backup. Shut your mouth. Yeah, no doubt. That's the one place I think could handle it, and also it'd be interesting with all Carolina's bathroom laws right now. Just throw <laughs> that in the mix, man. North yeah, let's Carolina. Make this really confusing. Come on, stand up or take a knee. <laughs> take your shirt off. All Ooh. right. Uh, really quick, Camusar. I, I know you want to go the draft. The we're gonna wrap it up. One team that everyone said, why won't they sign Colin Kaepernick? Is the New York Jets. What is their current situation? What do you think happens? Well, I, I mean- Cutler, Chase Daniel, McCown are rumors. Jets football. Get. Excited excited, 2017. Yeah,
1: listen, the Jets the Jets thing, uh, all those guys make sense as far as Cutler, uh, Chase Daniels. Um, it's going to be offenses they've been involved in. Who else are we missing? Oh, Josh McCown. Yeah. They've all got good He's West done. Coast backgrounds as far as, hey, listen, they can be the kind of guy that can hold your team over for a year or two. Jay Cutler, I do worry about it. Listen, this is New York. He's an easy guy to jump on. People are already jumping on the Jets here as so it Chase is. Chase Daniel? So I, Chase Daniel could certainly make sense. I think that might... Lower the expectation level, plus, he's just not that linchpin.
0: If you're Chase Daniel, do you go be Drew Brees' backup where you were originally, or do you go and try and be a starter with a team like the New York Jets who don't have any weapons, yeah. any offensive line, and have an offensive coordinator that I don't think is that great?
1: Well, they're, they're, I would go be the starter. Chase yeah. Daniel's is the guy, like, you know, he's yeah. got to prove everybody. you guys are right. all about being the now, guy. Now, I won't throw this. Don't throw, the, I, I still don't think Trevor Simeon, like, if somehow Romo ended up on the Denver Broncos. Then I do think Trevor Simeon be- can become a trade piece, and that's where the Jets would think about that as well. Mm. I think those rumors were real when you heard that about the yes. Jets and Trevor Simeon and talk. Uh, but regardless, right now to me it looks like the Jets are basically throwing the year away just to rebuild their football team. So and when beat a CA team in 2018, to throw the year away. Does the off? Does the head coach? I don't know. I probably not. I feel bad for the head coach. Yeah. A little how do you bit. fire
0: a head coach when the front office decides to throw you're the, right, rear the
1: away. owner, the front office? yes. Well, I was also so, saying that he should have been fired. You're right week as much as you, I, and I understand that. But as much as yes, that'll be the hard thing for Todd Bowles because he is certainly he's going to go out there try to win and he's giving being given a product that's not capable of winning a whole lot of games. But yet he'll probably be held accountable for them not winning the games when they go four and twelve or five and eleven. And yes, he probably will get fired, and that's what's screwed up about the NFL. Let's go to the draft. I mentioned
0: it before. Sims has a completely unbiased, unfiltered approach. Literally what he's doing is he goes through, he spends hours watching footage and just taking... Perfect script notes Show of you. every player. Look
1: at that. Zoom in. Can you zoom in on that? Look at those perfect So that's perfect his perfect script. script.
0: It's pretty incredible. And the page we're at right now, you texted me and you said that this guy could be a top 10, top five pick. Yeah. His name is Hassan Reddick. Yes. He is a defensive lineman/slash linebacker that plays at Temple. We broke down defensive lineman on Sims and go episode 105 last week. Right. And when his name came up, you looked at me and said, I- he's not even a real pass rusher. I'm not even looking at him right. like that. Yep. Apparently you've
1: seen something, because you think he might be a top five pick. Oh wait, he's he's definitely one of the five best players I've watched on film yet, period. Uh, out of all the guys I've watched now let's say I've watched 50 something players to this point. Now listen, the worst thing he does is play defense end and be a pass rusher. That's not what he is. He, you'll see him when he's number seven right there. This kid uh, is Played defense and extremely disruptive. The stats don't tell the story, but this kid is a freak show. I mean, a freak show. 5 2 doesn't really tell he ran justice. 5
0: 4'5", 240, a 36 yep. and a half inch vertical. He came in at 6'1", 237. So that's actually a very good linebacker height weight. And that's what he is. 24 reps. So what do you see him translating to at the next level?
1: I think he's a middle linebacker. I think in the perfect world, listen, he's a more explosive Bobby Wagner. He's a more stout, strong, Ryan Shazier type of linebacker. Wow. You put him in the middle of the field, and you say, just go get the ball. His explosion, acceleration, ability to make blockers miss, ability to take them on and just stone cold hit him is all through the roof. As a pass rusher, listen, if it's 3rd and 11, and you want to throw him at DN and let him go run around the edge every now and then, sure, he's certainly capable of doing that, but when you watch games like Penn State, uh, or any games I watched, he's just not of every down, oh, we're going to come off the edge and you're going to beat uh, offensive of tackles that are 100 pounds bigger than you and have right. quicker feet than did any of these ever guys you've got Did he a at middle linebacker? He at times did. They would just stand him up and let him do certain things. His ability in pass coverage... Is better than Keanu O'Neill and better than uh, Cam Chancellor. That this kid. So you've
0: just described to me. This kid is Jalen stronger, Smith. a stronger Shazier, right. and a better Keanu Neal in coverage. Yes, he's Jalen Smith. What? He's
1: Jalen Smith from Notre Dame last year, right? Who hurt his knee in the Fiesta yeah, Bowl? Who's going to be a top five yeah. pick? He ended up going in the second round, but he is Jalen Smith to me on film. Except he is a little more of a powerful athlete altogether but I'm blown away 452 doesn't really tell the story Every game I watched, he was the fastest guy in the field. It didn't matter who it was. And my damn family will not stop freaking texting. Sorry. I almost said the F word. Uh, Nick Um,
0: Smith has been commenting and going, nope, he's Aaron Curry 2.0.
1: He's a bust. I don't see that at all. I saw Aaron Curry. Aaron Curry did not flash or even the same physical standpoint as this kid. I think this kid's a lock. He's a no-brainer. Much better player than a Miles Jack from last year who we talked about. He is extremely instinctive. and I just don't see really any weakness to his game, other than that you just don't play him a four three defense, and you want to play him a three four outside linebacker. So you need
0: the right team needs to take him for the right things. I line.
1: don't think there's any
0: right team. Any team so, can uh, make uh, him. So let work. me just go down right. the list. Yes, uh, there, is there any chance he goes two to the Niners?
1: Not I mean, that high. Listen, you, you we're talking about some of those. other I think guys. Solomon Thomas would be the yeah, better okay. guy, but uh, he could uh, be their Bobby Wagner,
0: Chicago Bears at three, they have linebackers. Jaguars have linebackers. Titans at five, mm. they got two good linebackers be, though.
1: Be interesting though. Jets at six. That would be Jets at six would be something I would really look for. I mean that would be that would make sense to me because now you have him and Darren uh, De, DeRodley. excuse yes, me. You got some speed in the middle. And yes,
0: the and question is would they rather go him or a running back like Fournette or a quarterback? right. right. Uh,
1: Chargers at seven. Uh, Chargers at 7. It would certainly work. Again, he could be their Bobby Wagner. And
0: I don't think the Panthers could take him at 8, but that seems a He's little gonna excessive. He's
1: going to fit in anything, no doubt about it. I, I, am, I was blown away by the tape. I'm blown away by the coverage. He is what everybody is looking for as these perfect modern-day NFL linebackers, right? I need somebody that can play middle linebacker, and you got to stop, you know, LeGarrette Blunt on 3rd and 1. How does he co- and then the next down, I want you to be able to run down and cover How Gronkowski. does he compare
0: to the two young studs, Devondre Campbell and Deion Jones that burst on the scene for the Falcons.
1: I just think he's a better specimen in general. Really? Yes. This kid, listen, first of all, if you're at 6'1", 235, and you're being asked to play defense at end, and you are – Showing out even at that position, that's phenomenal. I mean, Deion Jones or that's Devon what Drake,
0: made you really like the kid from Georgia last year that the Jets took. Leonard
1: Floyd, up. you're talking about for the guy from the Bear. You're, you're talking about the, the other kid. I thought you were yes. talking about Leonard Floyd, George Jenkins. 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 Yes,
0: you like that he lined up all over the place.
1: Line, this kid can do everything, but he at the end of the day is just a ball hawking middle linebacker wow. that can do everything. And yeah, he is certainly one of the five best players. He's going to be a top ten pick. I really do believe that. And to say he's aaron curry I, he's not even i studied aaron curry when he came out not even on the same planet
0: nick smith uh with the comment that sums up your feelings sims there is a stain in your pants that was not there before talking about this
1: dude <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you just witnessed chris sims's vinegar strokes that was
1: great
0: uh, a ton of people yes. have been commenting about Jabril Peppers. Okay, Can you scroll it really quick? Uh, peppers to the Dolphins, says Richard Perks. He is an alpha, and Gase wants alpha males in the locker room. Max Prevost, I really want Jabril to stay in Michigan. What do you think about the fit with the offseason winner, Lions? Could be dynamic. Uh, let me see. Jabril Peppers is the guy in this draft that is you know, the, diff- the one that you're going to learn a lot about. People's opinions on what they think about Jabril Peppers. Mm-hmm. Shaq Thompson was that guy mm-hmm. where it's just naturally, how do you see this guy? What is he gonna be? Right. What is Chris Sims's take on Jabril Peppers?
1: Oh, it's not real good. Don't get I mean, listen, if the Dolphins are Detroit, you want him, that's fine. But in the second or third round, I mean there's no way you draft Jabril Peppers in the first round. I'm just sorry. And I know I've known this kid since high school. I saw him play in high school. Um uh to be plain and simple. First of all, the film is extremely underwhelming. The best thing he does is return punts. On defense, I don't know where he plays. He's not very good in coverage. His 4-4-6 speed is great at the combine. He doesn't play like that on the field. He runs faster with the ball in his hand than he does when he plays defense. But he he is not really capable of covering receivers down the field. He's not capable of taking on lead blockers. Uh, he gets moved out of the way a lot. And I think if you really, if you guys came in and watched film with me on Dribble Pepper's, you'd go, yeah, you you know the two or three plays we see on the highlights, those are the two or three plays he makes. Period. And that's it. I just have a hard time figuring out where he's going to fit in the NFL. Um, you know, I watch guys, games like the Ohio State game. He couldn't run with Curtis Samuels in any day of the year. Curtis I mean, he had to cover Curtis Samuels a few times. Curtis Samuels ran by him so fast, it wasn't close. So I just worry about where he really fits in as as a player. When He's you been sat, made up this media when darling. You, when you sat and,
0: down, what did you go in thinking?
1: I, I always listen. I know the kid. I know he's tough, and I know he has. He's a football player, but um, at some point you have to do something elite on the defensive side of the ball. He does nothing elite. What about playing him on offense? So that could be a possibility. If he's down for that, I get it. That's the most impressive things I see are with the ball in his hands. That's the, whether it's the punt return or the few times they give him the ball as a running I've back. I've heard
0: people mention. Uh, honey badger.
1: If he wants to be honey badger, again, now honey th- th- this is the problem with th- this kid is he doesn't play to the 4-4 speed like Hassan Riddick plays way faster than Jabril Prepper. It's not even close. Jabril Peppers is almost non-existent on the defensive side of the ball at times. And really, I think they find ways to hide him at times. I really do believe that. Mm. I think they go sometimes like, man, we can't ask him to cover this slot receiver. We can't ask him to be the middle linebacker on third and one. Let's just put him deep in the middle of the field and let him be a safety on this play. I really think that's what they do a little bit. He was the number one recruit in the country. Everything I've heard is the Michigan fan base, the big alumni All they cared about was Jabril Peppers. They wanted to see him on the field, Mm. and it scares me whenever a team can't find a position for the number one recruit in the country. And, um, you know, his ability to change direction is not all that impressive. Like
0: Peter Riza asked, could he be the new Cam Chancellor?
1: You know, he's just way small. If you saw Cam Chancellor's twice the size of this, Brian Allen Jackson says so, he's going to get played like Dion Buchanan for Yeah, the he's not the same size as Dion Buchanan. So he's him. not even these guys. I don't think he is. No, we I think it's really... About before the now, different- the Honey Badger thing's interesting. If I was going to be Jabril Peppers, and if I see him, I'm going to say this to him. If I see him in Jersey, I'm going to say, Jabril, don't be 5'11", 213. Be 5'11", 197, and run four, three, five, and now you can be the honey badger. Because that's what he is. But right now, he's trying to be big so he can he's play a little middle linebacker. Been big. He's a we little had too video obsessed of him in high upper school body. Just I know. rocked up. He was rocked up always for the day I ever saw him in It's person. hard to tell
0: a man that's rocked up not to be rocked well, up. Well, it's it's, it's, kind affecting of of your his, identity. it's affecting his speed a little bit.
1: Uh, that's really the biggest so thing. So
0: if he were to lose 10-15, you'd be more interested in him as a prospect? I think he
1: could be better. But like in coverage and things like that, it's really a little disheartening. It's going to be hard. And I think that's why you haven't heard a lot about him. I think... You're going to start to see more and more as we get closer to the draft that teams are all going to say those same things. Like, where exactly does he fit? Interesting point
0: by Jab Butler. People said the same thing about Telvin Smith, and we see what he's doing.
1: Yes, listen, I get it. Uh, Telvin Smith has great length, and I got to see a whole lot more production at the linebacker position out of Telvin Smith than I did Jabriel Peppers. You know, Listen, I've heard comparisons to like Charles Woodson and those things. Like, we got to pump our brakes a little. I don't want to sit here and I'm not trying to bag on Jabril Peppers, but when I see him top ten in mock drafts, I go, "That's crazy talk. That's just media hype train." There's no way he's a top ten pick. I don't think there's any way he's a first round pick. I think he's a borderline second round pick. If I was going to really be honest, just about my football evaluation, um, but. Yeah, there's just too many time points in the game. We can go watch the film after this, Lefkoe, where you're just going to go, man, it's been 30 plays and I haven't seen Jabril Peppers do one thing. Mm. And that's concerning to me at the end of the day.
0: I think uh, you, it's funny that you said Charles Woodson. We've talked about confirmation bias. There is something about the number one player in the country that was playing at that university and kind of has that multi-talented vibe to him. He was being mentioned as someone that was going to be up for the Heisman. Yeah,
1: and I get it. He's got one career interception and one career forced fumble. So before we start saying Charles Woodson, let's pump the brakes there. Now, does he, I, you know, listen, I think they're probably a team that does overvalue him because they love the thought of what he could be. And maybe his punt returning skills, kick returning skills add some value to some teams, certainly. But I just think as a pure defensive player... I think it's really going to be tough to find a spot. Other thing I'll throw out there for you, take the DB workouts, right? He ran 4:46. Four, four, yeah, it was great time for the linebacking core that he worked out. It was a brilliant move by him and his agent to have him work out with the linebackers because it made him look like he was physically better than all of them mm. except for our guy from Temple. But the big thing is, look at his 4-4-6. Four, four, I think it's 17th or 18th out of the DBs when they run their 40s. He would have been the 18th fastest guy in that group. So, so you still see potential, just I, not a first round. No, and not in the beginning of the. Yes, second he would round. really scare me. He would really scare me as uh, a prospect. This is and this is what
0: you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rizzo, Chris Sims. Usually respect your opinion. This is not one of those times. I'm sorry, he man. Is a, he is no. He is a yeah. divisive player. Right. It's truly. This is the definition of. Is he multi-positional or is he lacking a position? Yeah. That's what we're going to have to figure yeah, out. Yeah, it's really tough. Um, speaking of multi-positional, we broke it down in the last podcast talking about the incredible athleticism of the tight ends. Yeah. You think that there could be. Four tight ends in the first round, and it's not necessarily the four that everyone's talking about. Let's talk about first your number one tight end, yeah. Njoku.
1: Yeah, David Joku is, is my number one tight end. I think overall he's just the best overall player in my mind. He's the best blocker of the top end guys we are, we're going to talk about here. He's really a uh, physical freak. He got unbelievable long arms. His 4.64 speed, listen, he plays faster than that when you watch him on film. He, you know, he's a little bit longer of a guy, uh, so it may be a little bit of a build-up speed, but man, when he opens up, he can really go. Runs through arm tackles, can make some people miss, and he's a pretty good route runner, and he played traditional tight end, really, for, at the at the day's end for the University of Miami. Uh, yeah, I, I think for my offense and what I would look for a tight end, he would be the guy I like most. And what's the, most. the range
0: you see him going in? Man, I,
1: I think he's a top 20 pick, really, realistically. Okay. I do.
0: The other tight end that's been the number one pretty much in most people's books, especially apparently when you see him in person. Yes. Apparently when you see O.J. Howard in person, it's like seeing an Adonis. Right. Is he also a top 20
1: pick? I do believe he's a top 20 pick. Now, his film is a little maybe hair underwhelming for what you expect it to be, but uh, I honestly think, first of all, both these guys, Joku and, and O.J. Howard, they're going to be better in the pros than they were in college, especially ha- O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, he, listen, they were playing like a kind of a spread offense this past year, a spread offense that was more run-based than dink and dunk crappy passes, but at the end of the day, he can put his hand on the ground. He's a good blocker. He's not great. He's not as good as Joku, but to be 251 and run 451. That's pretty crazy. That's crazy. And I do think when he traditionally gets to run traditional tight end routes, middle post down the middle of the field, tight end out route, things of that nature, it'll show his value even more. Uh, uh, the one thing I'll say too, you know, those are good highlights. He doesn't make as much happen after the catch as you would think. He's a little you bit of a straight-liner. You is
0: a shifty guy that can make guys miss. Howard is more of, I'm going to outrun if you.
1: you. If I see a lane, he's going to outrun you. Joku will make guys miss. Or Joku will just out, just physically overrun you Your comp for Joku that
0: I'm going to give you is Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah. Who is your comp a, for maybe, O.J. Howard? Man, O.J. Howard, that's a good one. hmm I mean O.J. Howard yeah, let me think about it but he's he's really a talented talented guy. He's almost like a more shiftier better route running of a Jared Cook, right? Uh. Let's just say that. He's kind of tall and upright but probably a little bit better in all aspects than the Jared Cook. Next one,
0: Ingram. Yeah. A prospect at of Ole Miss that you think is extremely exciting. Yeah. And man, did he test well at the combine. Man,
1: Evan Ingram is a guy that I do think you're going to hear about, talked about, maybe as a late first round pick, because he's big receiver, tight end, whatever it He just it looks be. more
0: fluid than O.J. Howard, He too. is.
1: He's more fluid. He is more of your Jordan Reed. Uh, Jordan Reed. type. He can block. Now, does he miss blocks and get overpowered at times? Yes, but he's being asked to block the defense ends in the SEC sometimes at two hundred and thirty four pounds and yes. it 's just not going to happen but the will the want to the ability to throw his body around it 's all there I like it four four two at two thirty four and then really probably the most the, the best route runner, the best ability to make people miss after the catch. I mean, these guys, you got to almost value him as not only a tight end, but really good receiver. And in this class right here where the receivers I don't think are all that strong, he could be valued as kind of as that tweener guy, right? Mm. Like we talked about, like our Quincy Inunua slash, why can't this guy be Brandon Marshall? I, I hang out with Brandon Marshall. He's 230 pounds. Chad so,
0: Butler keeps saying Shannon Sharp
1: 2.0. He could be very similar to that standpoint. I don't know if he's quite as fast as Shannon straight away on the field but man his ability to run routes work the slot uh, he is going to be a big-time player in the nfl if he can handle workload and offensive playbooks and things so like that. so the
0: other two tight ends that everyone else puts up there Jake Butt, and Bucky Hodges, right. you like. Yes. But you actually have a different tight end that you think could be a first-round pick.
1: Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, Gerald Everett from South South Alabama. Another guy that, if you look at the combine, I mean, he knocked it out. 6'3",
0: 239, got a 4'6", 240. 37-and-a-half-inch vertical, and he put up 22
1: reps. South Alabama. Man, South Alabama. Now, listen, you know it concerns me because I go, well, yeah, it's great. It's easy to look like an Adonis against some of the teams you're playing against in South Alabama. Sorry, I don't mean to disrespect. But when you watch games like Auburn, they play Auburn, you go, okay, he's the best athlete on the field in the Auburn game too. He's legit. So, uh, yeah, he is another guy that I do think, if you just talent-wise evaluate him, it is borderline end-of-the-first-round type talent. He's along the lines of what we just saw with Evan Ingram. Great route runner, Jordan Reed-esque type of guy, but... Better with the ball in his hands, I thought, after the catch. Uh, breaks tackles. And, yeah, he can really go. His 40 time, 4 2 he plays more like, it'd be. A, I would have I guessed a low 4-5 if you really asked me what he looks like when he's running down the field. Yeah. But, man, he is a high-level athlete. Uh, I was am- amazed with his movement ability, his change of direction skills. Um, I'm just going to, you know, twitchy. Um, I'm just – I said he has extra gear like Howard, Njoku, Engram. Um, I said, yeah, just very willing, not afraid to get physical, just like Engram is a blocker. Not afraid to throw his body around and do it. At times he gets overpowered because he's a 239-pound tight end. But, yes, I do think just from a talent standpoint, those four guys are – you know, the first two guys legitimate first-rounders, hands down. Engram and this guy, Gerald Everett, though, are going to be in the conversation, I believe, for end-of-the-first-round type picks.
0: Teams that are looking for a second tight end that's younger, another option, a way to expand it's the offense. the way offense. the league's going, right? It really it is. It really is. Uh, Zach Guntner is very upset that you didn't mention Adam Shaheen who is a tight end out of Ashland University. I haven't got there yet. He I've heard six, a lot seven, about him. He's
1: 277. I, hey, listen, don't be mad at me. I'm cracking away. I've heard about him. I know there's uh, cer- certainly some upside there. I will get to it. Check back in. Guys that I did watch, like Jake Butt, hey, Jake Butt's really good. He's just not a first-round talent. I'd, I'd say he's a borderline second-round talent. He's just not a good enough athlete, things to do after the catch. He's a great all-around tight end. You want him on your roster, but he can't really separate from people. He's not going to make things happen after the catch like this other group we talked about.
0: Just to get really back and we're going to wrap it up, the Jarrell Preppers thing, when you mentioned Curtis Samuel that we're going to talk more about on, uh, we're going to do another podcast on Thursday, someone was like, well, there wasn't really anyone that can match up with Curtis Samuel. You need to realize there's a lot of Curtis Samuels in the NFL. Yeah, right. And when Jabril Pepper gets to the NFL, it's not one guy each week he has to worry about. Like Kenny Stills, if he went back to hey, college football, he right. would tear it up.
1: There's a, there's a number of games. Uh, you know, I watched the Wisconsin game for Jabril Preppers, too, because I was like, you know what? They got some NFL offensive linemen. They got an NFL running back. Let me see what it looks like. There was even concerns and coverage in the Wisconsin game. I don't know who they were running down the field, but I said, man, Jabril's really having to work hard to keep pace with these guys. That's what's scary. I am not trying to hate on Jabril Peppers. I'm really not. I actually told my wife last night, I was like, man, I'm actually in a tough spot because I do like this kid a lot. I know what he's been through. I know his background, being from Jersey and everything about him. Uh, But I just think he's being a little overhyped because he was this media darling. He looks awesome in his uniform. There's the Jordan Jumpman. He's He's got got swag swag. for days. All those things. I get it. And that position is the new En Vogue thing, right? This hybrid Hybrid safety safety linebacker. linebacker, But I think he is a guy that, yes, to me, more right now, Maybe we don't know what position he is right now. That's what scares me. Mm. I don't think he can be a free safety either. He just doesn't have great range when he's on the free safety back end. You know, I look at guys like Malik Hooker and the guy from Adams down at LSU yes. that I've seen in crossover film. They're just moving at a different speed than Jabril Peppers, and I, I don't I don't mean to be a jerk to say no, that. No, for
0: sure. Guys, thank you so much for listening and joining us. As always, please subscribe on iTunes to the Sims and Left Go Podcast. We're going to have another one coming out Friday. We're going to do a deeper dive on the receivers and who Sims' number one wide receiver is. Mike Williams, Corey Davis, interesting take if you want to go back and listen we've already done a deep dive in like the four to six quarterbacks that could be viable in this draft we've done pass rushers defensive ends uh and now a little bit of uh corners and wide receivers where you get to that thanks as always leave a comment on itunes we would appreciate that you are the shit i love you have a great day
1: peace out homies